and welcome to Undrafted, a Dynasty Game Theory podcast brought to you by the Undroppables. I am your host, Scott Belanger, a.k.a. Jax Falcone. You can find me on Twitter at Dino Game Theory. This is episode number 153. Let's roll. Pretty soon I won't even be able to count that high. I mean, I'm I'm really nearing a point where these numbers are going to get a little tricky for me, as you guys know. But, uh, you know, uh, one of the numbers that I saw this weekend that was not tricky was the zero. The zero put up by my beloved New England Patriots. And I'm telling you, you know, it's like me and Thor Nystrom are just like, I just keep watching him because he keeps like, talking about the implosion for, for the Trojan and his pathway to Caleb trading Kirk Cousins, this whole thing, man, it's scaring me. I'm going to be honest because I believe that there is, or there has to be an organization smart enough to like put it all aside and just be like, listen, we're getting fucking Caleb. Like we're doing it. As a matter of fact, my guest today will talk. We're going to talk about how we have strategized not to tank in our leagues, but to, Make sure that we get Caleb without tanking. We've done it on a couple of occasions. My guest will tell us how he did that. But my New England Patriots are going to fuck it up. I'm telling you right now, man. That's why you can't be a fan anymore because they're just going to let you down. They're, they're, and these athletes, I'm going to tell you, they do not help out with the mortgage from what I understand. So they can all go fuck themselves because they're going to screw me again, these damn Patriots. They're not going to go 1-16. in 16. They're going to... Belichick their way to like four or five stupid ass wins and get some linebacker at pick 10. It's going to ruin my life. I can't believe I'm saying this, but it's going to happen. Oh my God. All right. Let's just get my guest out here. By the way, this is a dynasty game theory podcast. A lot of times, you know, it's a football podcast. We talk a lot of football. We talk a lot of player takes. We're gonna have some player takes today, but you know, there's some guys I have on Mike Lou, back in the day, Mike doesn't do as much fantasy stuff anymore. But when me and Mike got together, there was a lot of a lot of game theory stuff. It was the root of what this podcast was all about. When me and Scott Connor get together, man, oh man, it is a dynasty game theory fest. Jordan McNamara and I talk a lot about it. There are other guests that do it, but today I've got my partner at the um, Undroppables, a, a, another gentleman that I have on the team, Mr. Matt Chester, the Mad Jester. You can find Matt on Twitter at FFMadJester. Thank you, dude. That was a that was a phenomenal intro. Thanks, buddy. I appreciate that. That's like in the style of uh, Matt Kelly with the wrestling intros. Yeah, he does the well. It's the I guess it's the Lakers or the Philadelphia or whoever. Yeah, who cares the the NBA? You know, but you know what? You know, let me another just sport you. that I don't watch, like football. I'm not sure where any of these other analysts find themselves in the Scott Fishbowl, but I would guess they're not fucking seventh. That's all I'm going to tell you. Uh, a little bragging. Fuck you. I'll brag all I want. Seventh in the goddamn thing. Ten and oh. Eat it. Let's go. I, I only so far lost A-Chain. So that's it. A-Chan. Maybe, A-chan. That, maybe he got hurt because I kept calling him A-Chain. I refused to call him A-Chan. Um, well, he's on IR now, so you have four weeks to get it right if you want to use him down the stretch. Thanks. <laughs> That's exactly right. Well, one of the reasons you're here is because you're a a dynasty strategist, a dynasty game theory disciple, but your own man. You're not like walking in my shadow. You've been doing this shit for years before we knew each other. As a matter of fact, this is how we got to know each other. Yeah, this is why I was drawn to the undroppables is because the undroppables is so strategy based. You know, it's it takes a lot of things from Sigmund Bloom. He he uses a, a bird's eye view of the entire thing. And Adam Harstead uses kind of a yes. 
psychological uh, salesman marketing aspect to it. And this, uh, all those minds, you know, I, I've, I've talked to all of them and y'all were the most, uh, the most welcoming. So Thanks. Uh, it's, it's been really nice hanging out with you guys for the last, you know, close to probably six months. I think yeah. we got together uh, mid off season just because th- what's, what's still left on in Twitter or X in the off season is people talking game theory. Cause yeah. you know, the, the content is, is pretty saturated with rookies and pretty saturated with veterans. And all you have left to do is be like, well, actually, how do I want to pivot the entire team and league structure? Yes. And then we, then we have fun. Yes. Well, what happens is, and by the way, uh, last time you were on, you know, it was a little early in your, you know, public speaking career, let's just call it that. And, uh, you know, we, we, we had a three man booth just to make sure you didn't, you know, start, you know, flailing or whatnot, but you did great. And you've been doing a lot of work lately, you know, getting on a lot of podcasts and doing a lot of work for a lot of different, um, you know, um, Whatever you know, groups. Sure, whatever, I'm, you know. I'm with I'm with Razball. I do uh, two or three shows with them a week. I do a redraft waiver wire, and then on Wednesdays we do a post waiver wire pickup, kind of like a week ahead, a way to look uh, a way to get the MRE Demarcados a week ahead, a way to get the Jaleel McLaughlin's a week ahead, and yes. you know the reason you know. So that's that's also a really fun uh, freebie episode on Wednesdays, uh, and then I do Dynasty diehards and all this is with my co-host nate polvote who's just such a treasure and i wouldn't be doing i wouldn't be making any content if it wasn't for hanging out with cool people like yourself and like nate and just everybody that i've gone on with um Coop, Coop, andrew cooper's come on our show i saw he was on uh yours last week Hell yeah um it's just bouncing around and surfing around all these like beautiful minds who all happen to find themselves in fantasy football yeah matt you're getting your reps in and and you're having a lot of fun doing it and i really wanted to have you on because you know we 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 definitely vibe and you're a funny funny dude i'm sure we'll hear some of that stuff today but ultimately like you know we want to talk about all this strategy but there's a few little things up at the top i mean golly you know we get justin jefferson hurt hn i just mentioned and you know james connor john connor whatever his name is i think it's james (laughs) I zero shares, zero cares. I don't give a shit what his name is. He ain't on my roster. But I do know that when these things happen, right, it creates a a void, a vacuum, a a wake of destruction. And there's opportunity in that. Um, And we're going to get to a lot of that and more right after this. I think I was saying wake of destruction. That yeah. could be that could be James Connor's nickname. Uh, no, I don't know. But listen, what I'm talking about with this is that you know when there's when there's injury and, and things happen, Matt. There's there's a lot of things that sort of you know uh, sort of ripple effect, if you will. You know, the team that has Connor, if they're if they're a competitive team, they've got a certain way of looking at things. You have the waiver wire. You have all these things going on. What are some of the things that you were thinking about when you saw Connor? go down and be on the IR for at least four weeks? Um, it's what we've been scared of for two years. And it's why the teams who I have a team right now that's relying on Connor because I wasn't able to break down my team last year. I tried. It's a really sluggish league. There's not a whole lot of trading going on. I tried to sell Waller. I tried to sell Connor. I tried to sell Saquon. I tried to sell all these guys and I couldn't get anything back for them. And I ended up winning the league. And now I'm in the same situation a year later because this, this off season, I said, you know, I'm, I'm not even going to worry about it. Right. But being that I I don't generally have uh, I generally have I'm with you zero cares zero shares of James Conner. Sometimes you end up with him, and yeah. he's probably part of the reason you're contending. Now right. that makes for a great that makes that makes me a very happy trade partner if someone to, someone were to come up to me and say, "Hey, I'm rebuilding, and that's why I have Jaleel McLaughlin and Jerome Ford 
And we'd like, you know, I'd like to sell you those two guys for your James Conner plus. And that's something that both sides can be really happy about. And if all I'm doing is trying to shed points and get rid of Jaleel and get, get rid of Jerome, James Conner is a perfect target. So is J.K. Dobbins. So is there, you know, 25 third or second because that 25 is not going to be that position is going to be fine. Giving him Jerome Ford, giving him Jaleel McLaughlin is not going to hurt their is not going to make their 25 pick any later. It won't make their next year's right. team any better. Right. And they're much more they're much happier to keep their uh I know I'd be much happier to keep my 24 more picks. close yeah. exactly to use later down the stretch if Jaleel and Jerome go down. So it just creates opportunity for you know the reef sharks to like to clean it up and replant right. later on and it uh contenders that are willing to go a little bit yellow. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, you know, I certainly do that when, you know, if you sort of said that that trade, you know, and you said Connor and the 24 second, the guy's like, oh, I don't really. And you're like, what about a 24 third? He's like, uh, yeah, what, well, what about your 25 second? That makes it easier. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, right. that's better. You know, it's a little easier sell, but it doesn't make it a worse pick and it doesn't make it a less valuable asset. You know, it we probably makes it a more valuable asset because those yeah. guys won't be affecting his team next year. Right? Exactly. You just got to wait longer for it. Yeah. Fine. Yeah. Exactly. It's farming. Yep. That's right. We talk about it all the time. You know, Mike Lou famously coined it the Iron Bank. When you put that 25 second in there, it does nothing but appreciate in value. So it doesn't matter what, what it's worth right now. It's only going to get to be worth more. And that's ultimately why you store your your energy in the draft picks, rookie draft picks. There's no doubt about it. Uh, we, you know, you and I were talking about um, kind of a, you know, I think you were really, really high when you mentioned it. But this really cool idea about trying to figure out the profiles of the other managers in a league and it really got me thinking. I was I was excited about it because, all right, let's start from the, the very beginning of this thought process. Anytime you're in a league, there are certain tendencies that other league managers will take. You know, obviously you and I and Chalk and, you know, good fantasy players like us uh, tend to not sell off their picks. Um, you know, they're more likely to be gathering picks almost all the time. You know, I'm one of these guys that's just – looking to find picks. Why? Well, because they're the most, you know, the, the safest storage of, 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 of value. Um, but there are a lot of different types of players, players who, you know, one, let me, let me, let me point out something that it's a, it's one of, it's a trade that I like. I I think back on every time that you come, that you uh, bounce back towards this theory. I think about a trade that you did uh, early in the summer. You're always selling running backs, right? But especially in the summer, really the only running back buying season should be like, after week 10, to be honest. But you sold J.K. Dobbins for a second Rashad White because you're like, I don't know. I'm not, I don't play the player. I play the, let me play the house. And if everybody else is much smarter than me, then I'll take the VIG every single time. And you never know what happens, you know, what's going to happen. Suddenly J.K. Dobbins is not worth either of those pieces. And you made off like a bandit twice. So it's, that's that's a, that's a type of play where it's like a downwards, uh, maybe a, downward sidestep with a with an equal hedge right and you you win way more oftentimes than not let, let everybody else be smarter than you that's yes. that's the easiest way to go yes take take yeah. the vig you really i mean it's hard I, I i i wanted to have you on because i think you exemplify this in so many ways and you know i don't i'm not trying to toot your own horn or i'm not trying to toot your horn i'm actually just being real because you know there's some of these these um ideas in dynasty that are easier said than done 
that's one of them is trading down at running back, you know, and, and uh, I certainly have been preaching this for as much as, for as long as possible, just always trade down at running back. And if you'd been doing that, like, honestly, it's it, the, the running backs just continue to churn and churn and churn and churn and continue to be like, what was yet like Brees Hall's now back up to the running back two overall. Everybody wants him so bad. And like, literally at the beginning of the year after week one or two or whatever, like in that somewhere in the early part of the season, he was not considered that by a lot of players. Back in week one and week two, or probably week two, he had a good week one, but back in week week two, week three, three. we were treating him the way that we're treating Jonathan Taylor right now, which should be another lesson. Exactly. You know, it just always falls into this one thing. And we play, we, the smartest way to do it is to play dynasty with in like a two to three year window. Some people say five, some people are like, you know what? It's the way to, it's the easiest way to win. Then they create orphans. But if, if dynasty is in a two to three year window, running back should really be in a two to four week window. And you just put it in the iron bank, put it in, put it in the 2025 picks. Yeah. You'd mentioned the 2025 picks. We'll get there in a moment, but like understanding the the motivations of your league mates and what type of trade partners you have, <clears throat> excuse me, what type of trade partners you might have, or not even just trade partners, but also like if I'm trading with a guy for his first round pick and I, th- I see as a fragile, you know, if, if he's generally the type of person that will blow it up and rebuild, I feel a little bit better than that if he's just this type of guy that will sell every last asset he has to, to remain viable. You know, you, you kind of know that sometimes by playing in multiple leagues with people, like I'm in a certain league right now where there's like a, it's almost embarrassing a little bit. There's like, there's guys who don't even have their full roster filled out. There's like, they basically just, because it's a max PF for the, so they have like 10, 15 vacant roster slots. And I'm like, that's one way to do it. I mean, it's a real race to the bottom, you know, mm-hmm. and, and so I don't see that in every league I play in, you know, most leagues, you know, guys will tank sort of like, I wouldn't even say with grace, just sort of on the hedge. You know what I mean? They don't go to full fucking sell everything for, you know, and so I find it very interesting to, to watch someone do that. Now, if I see them do that here and I happen to be in another league, or as I see them do that, I know that they have the will to do almost anything. You know, so for me, it's they're, like, you know, they're, yeah. they're fearless. Those are fearless yes. managers. They're, yes. they're not scared of tanking. And there's, it is kind of rare per league. I'd say there's probably a quarter of the league is fearless to tank and probably doing it. A quarter of the league is probably using all their, you know, multiple seconds on James Conner two weeks ago. Yeah. And then there's probably half the league that is somewhere in the middle and kind of riding the fence and knowing that if you make it into the playoffs, there's a very good chance. You're just going to make it all the way with some of these, you look back on some of these winning teams. It's, unimaginable it's unfathomable how how the, how'd they get there yeah but it's just a matter of being you know viable once the playoffs start that's why depth is so important but if you're building up depth you're not going to be able to you know reduce those max points for so there there is a balance of where you need to be within those quartiles yes. you know and i like i like resting in the second i don't feel like it's very important to completely tank i almost feel like it's uh inefficient to tank at a certain point you know with the more of other people's draft capital that you're acquiring, it's like exponentially equal to how much your draft pick position matters. If you yes. have four picks, I don't, I don't care if I'm at the, I'm a lot of my tanking leagues. I know I just, I'm going to get the one Oh six. If I miss the playoffs, because I got so many Mimses and tank Dells and, uh, uh, Josh downs on the bench that I'm like, you know what? I, I really, I'm not going to undersell these guys right. to try and 
compete to tank with 102 versus 103. It doesn't right. matter. You know, it's not guaranteed there anyway. So it has to, no. you have to look at it as a, a more general broad view. Yes, I am. I am a bit more that way for sure. I will tell you that right now I'm, I'm looking at it right now. I have it up in front of me. Um, I take all my leagues. I have it like on a little, I actually, it's in my notes sort of. Um, and it's just the record. I have the record, uh, where, what place I'm in and my max PF rank. And That's those are the, those are the three things that I look at. If I'm, yeah. if I'm targeting people's picks, um, if depending on whether I want to go to 24 or 25, which year I'll go to the max points for. So I did a trade with a guy today who's, he won it last year because he traded me all of his picks last year and his picks this year. Good for him. I still ended up with like Zay flowers at one twelve, So I don't really care that it's one twelve. It, right. it kind of works out like that, but I know that he's a YOLO player. He's happy because he traded with me and he won. And I kind of dipped back into that to be like, Hey, we've had, you know, I am reaching out to you because we have a good trade relationship. You won last year. So I think you might be um, willing to, you know, I see a hole where James Conner went down. There you go. And your, um, your best wide receivers, Adam Thielen, you don't have a lot of depth after that. So like, let's talk. If you want to do the 25 picks again, I two years ahead again, that's fine by me. I hope you win. And I I do, I truly do. Cause I still might get Zay flowers and he still might have a very happy trade part of the next year. And that's great, man. If you can, and if you can find and and nurture those relationships, you're, you're golden. I got a few of those in every league. Yeah. The best thing you can do, Matt is like, you know, you, you, you literally tell the guy, I mean, it doesn't matter if they win or lose, but you tell him, dude, you won it last year. You're obviously going to be right there again, man. And that's not true, but, but you tell him that. And he's like, yeah, that's true, man. I'm definitely, you know what I mean? You <laughs> sure. want the guy thinking he's going to win. He might win. You're right. God bless you. I hope you win. Great. Good for I you. hope so too. Yeah. Good for you, I'll man. See, I'll see, I'll see you in, in uh, February, right? Let's talk again <laughs> I mean, when you're, those 25 picks, 26 picks become available. But but the idea is that like I might win too actually, but I'm going to pretend I'm not even, you know, if like I'm I, I, I'm in a couple leagues, I'm, I'm looking at them right now. One, I'm three and two, max PF one. Two and three, max PF one. Like right. I am the best team in that league, but I'm two and three or three and two. So I might be able to, especially the two and three league, uh, dude, I'm looking to fucking make a little bit of a deal because I know I'm going to make the playoffs. And I know I've got a pretty strong chance of winning. I'm going to leverage that against someone who's looking at my record, thinking I, my picks are more valuable and theirs are less valuable. Yes, yes. And if you're if you have that many max points for and you're building it the way that I assume, which just with like longevity players who are yeah. only going to rise in value, that, that not only does, does you being very trickily going to be a, a back half pick this year, but those are the picks that I don't mind selling my futures because I'll never be before one Oh six again. And you know what? I'm sorry. I'm just not a tanking kind of guy. Yeah. It rarely happens where I find myself in a situation where I am going to compete for the bottom spot. I think I'm in two of those this year and that's because I'm trying it out and like really trying it out, but I've got like five firsts in each of those leagues so like who cares where my first is yeah exactly you know yeah. who cares at that point yeah and one exactly. of them i just got 187 points and i'm like y'all i'm trying my hardest like <laughs> i have i'm, I'm at 100 efficiency every single week because i'm starting lavisca chenault <laughs> yes. and some some dirt bag in my last two flex spots yes. but, you know yeah the best is when you see a team it never win works they, out the way you think hey the best way you see a team win doesn't matter if it's yours or not and they have like three zeros in their lineup and you're like no sorry i fucking had to win this one i didn't even mean it yeah yeah, they got like yeah three three zeros. Uh, their tight end didn't score. They're like playing an injured guy. Like, nah, he's on the IR, but I think he might come back. You know, right? Um, but yeah, I look at that max PF, and I think it's you know 
something where, you know, people miss that, you know, they miss it. Um, and if you're, if you're a smart, you know, dynasty player, you're never missing that shit. You know, I'm, right. I'm always, even if, even if the draft doesn't go by max PF, even if it goes by reverse record, especially where we're at now after week five, that, that, that those teams are still the worst teams. Like, you know what I mean? Right. I, like I've got this one guy's pick. It's not max PF, but he's like, I think he's like second to last. He's like one in four. But he's like second or third in max PF. Like he's really good. He's just been so unlucky. Like he's like right. he's literally like eleventh in the league right now. But I I almost want to trade that pick to someone who thinks it's going to be right there because it's probably not. This guy's actually a good team, you know. So I would imagine he's going to he might make the playoffs. Like you know, so could, a lot of, so a lot of these players that we, a lot of these man, uh, the fantasy managers were like, all right, I'm going to bet on this player. I like this player. I'm going to buy this player. Blah blah blah. And we like under a bird's eye view. We're like, you know what? It's almost a betting market where you go in. You're like, I'm going to bet on the Colts futures. And we just kind of like take it from a broader angle. And we're like, you know, this guy's second in max points four. So his pick is it going to be worth? It's going to be 106 at best. Right. And so the guy that I traded with today, I sent him Pacheco. It's, and it's it's the guy that I've been talking about, um, you know, where he, he won it last year. I have his 23s picks. I have his 24 picks. Now I have his 25 picks because his, again, the, the article that I wrote last year was on Adam Thielen. Go find the Adam Thielen owner. He probably has Derrick Henry. He probably has some guy, some running backs from the 2017 class. Uh, he's probably been miss, missing his 23 picks already. And I, right. I was looking this this article up from last year for the show. And I'm like, it's the exact same article. They probably have a couple of these 2017 running backs. They probably have James Conner. They probably have Adam Thielen. Go target this guy's 25 first. So I ended up sending him uh, Josh Reynolds, who I tried to sell him Bateman or Mooney or Tony or a combination of any. And I was like, and Josh Reynolds. And he's like, I want that guy. And I was like, that's good, dude. Good for you. You're smart. Yeah, great pick for him. Um, And Pacheco who I'm just, I'm rolling through a series of running backs. Like, like you like to do when you find a Ramondre, you chip it down for a JK in a second. And then you chip down the JK for Rashad white in a second. Then you chip down the Rashad Rashad white for for Jaleel. Yeah. For Pacheco in a second. And then you chip off Pacheco for, I sent Pacheco and Josh Reynolds to him. You could have chipped down. I was surprised he did this. Hey, you could have chipped down Pacheco for Monty plus. And now Monty's like, maybe, I don't know, man. Monty is Freaking no, awesome! I meant is early. he even acquirable? No. Oh, for no. sure. Earlier, I'm saying like at the beginning, like beginning of the season, people are like, "Oh, Monty, eh." You know, even it me. would have been Ramondre and Ramondre for Monty in two seconds. You would have gotten easy, probably a pre-season. first, easy, yeah, easy first. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, yeah, which is why you just keep doing that. Yeah. So I sold him these two guys, and uh, I'm playing him this week. He's nine and one. But I have his 24 first, and the only reason that I that I kind of didn't want to help him for this year is because I have his 24. P- picks all of them right and i was like you know what but by the end of the season uh who knows where pacheco is going to be who knows where josh reynolds is going to be they'll have all their he- healthy weapons back um we just don't know so you know what screw it and i'm i'm more willing to take the risk on that first being earlier in 25 because those guys aren't going to be there next year and now i'm rotating through like jerome ford and jaleel mclaughlin which is fine i'm supposed to play in this week i'm two and eight with the second most max points four. My picks are never going to be lower than 106. So I know that and other people don't. Now he's nine and one, but he's only got the third best max points for. So I'm like, oh, because we do because we do a median. So I'm like, if you if your team falls apart because Thielen and Josh Reynolds are your only wide receivers and you got a bunch of running backs, if your season falls apart and you don't make the playoffs, I'm gonna have 103 this year and kind of be holding them over the barrel for next year 
And if I want to, I can just take all of his good players for a single first, therefore guaranteeing his, but not his single first, right. therefore guarantee, you know, I can nudge him along on a rebuild. If you plan ahead enough and take enough future capital, yeah. then you can nudge somebody into a rebuild to, to give them deals that makes it really good for them. And as long as they don't uh, apply sunk cost fallacy, we're like, well, this guy has my first. If I don't get my first back, I'm not doing anything. You'd be like, all right, well, here's some offers that you're going to really regret not taking if you don't, you know, if you want to just t- ride this, what should be a breakdown rebuild into the dust just to spite me, your team is going to be awful. Now, let yeah. me give you two firsts for these four players worth a first each yeah, and they'll yep. be like, ah, fine. And by <laughs> doing that, then you take them out of contention next year. And the first that you don't give back that's theirs becomes the one one And right. by doing that, you can end up with all the Keenan Allens, all the Mike Evanses, all the Aaron Joneses and all the Caleb Williams. Right. And the, the other thing that's interesting about that too, is a team without their first, right? If, if they don't have their 24 first or even a lot of teams, like you'll see and they have like one fourth next year, they have a 24 fourth and you're like, Oh and then, and, and, and their 25 first, even if they're a good team, their 25 first is more valuable than other teams in that league, even if they're a good team, because they have no wiggle room. Like, if anything, their hands are tied. Their hands they are can't, tied. They can't, they can't move around next year. They, right? they have to go for it or sell. There's no sidestepping if you have no cash in pocket. If your but, iron bank is empty, you are a two-dimensional player, and that's a hard place to be. Yeah, you take their 25 first, and they're going into next season, they're like, Shit, man. Yeah, I've all my. I got no picks. You know, I got nothing. So yeah, that's where that's where just sort of some of these things are are just you know they're they're small, but they're on the edges. You really want to be able to take care, take advantage of them. Um, we're gonna go back Absolutely. and forth. We're gonna we're gonna talk a little bit about um, about uh, Justin Jefferson and the and the shrapnel that is left behind. Uh, I don't know. I, I actually was not paying attention too much this morning. This is, we're recording this Wednesday afternoon. It'll drop Thursday evening. So obviously, if something happened, um, you know, to Kirk Cousins or something like that, sorry. But even the the auspice of Kirk Cousins sort of being dealt is a little bit scary to that team. Uh, Lord knows, I was sort of out on Madison the whole way, so not too worried about that. I think that's all coming. That, that literally is playing out exactly as I thought, although there are plenty of things that are not playing out exactly as I thought, but that's one of them. The Justin Jefferson sort of injury is is not awesome. Um, he's going to be out for at least four weeks. You know it was pretty fucking bad if they if they shut that guy down. And I heard some, some scary little rumblings that, hey, might they sort of shut them down for even longer? I think Matthew Berry actually was talking this, this noise, you know, about him not – playing either much or at all for the rest of the season. What do you think about all that prognostication? I think it's, it, it flashes um, what they might do with, they did that with Mixon a couple years ago when his foot got hurt and they were like, you know what, we'll just kind of keep him out because things aren't going well anyway. Yeah. And it makes me think uh, if Kyler Murray comes back this year and gets hurt, they owe him $95 million guaranteed over the rest of the season. Yeah. So he's kind of in the same place where it's like, well, why would they really do that? Why would they risk? They shouldn't. They absolutely shouldn't. So Justin Jefferson might be in kind of a, he's in a contract year, right? He might be in kind of a Kyler Murray situation, um, which is also very interesting because what if the Vikings did sell Kirk Cousins as, as has been kind of, you know, pushed around in the room of streets. Yeah. And then uh, Kyler's team has two firsts. They have Arizona has their own first, and Arizona has 
uh, Houston's first. And it's looking like those are going to be much later than they had expected. They were thinking about getting the one and two this year. I don't think that's going to happen. And, you know, like in Dynasty, when you start seeing these things happen, you kind of want to sell them ahead of time. Just what if what if they didn't have those firsts that were second half, but they did have Justin Jefferson and uh, Kyler Murray next year? Like there's just they, I don't know, man. It's it's too hard to prognosticate because I just want to get led in every kind of fun direction there is. I guess what I'm getting at is like when we think about, I'm thinking like Jordan Addison, TJ Hawkinson, you know, and how to play those guys. I would imagine. I think Jordan Addison is fine almost no matter what. I guess his ceiling goes down if they trade Cousins, you know, because who the frick knows who's going to be throwing the football. I mean, I think right. even Nick Mullins is hurt somehow. He doesn't even fucking play. I don't know how he's hurt. But, he, you know, so it's like who's going to be the quarterback? Maybe they bring someone else back in, you know, on the trade market. I mean, it's just, you know, obviously you'd like to see Kirk Cousins throwing the football to uh, Jordan Addison and and and, and Hawkinson. Um that's really kind of my thought process. I mean, the running backs are less, I don't think there's much there for either one of those acres or Madison. I think it's kind of a 50, 50 poo poo platter, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You're hoping for the 12 points a game. That's just viable. But I mean, you know, if you're holding Justin Jefferson and you're a contender, I've seen a lot of people say, would you trade uh, a, would you trade Justin Jefferson and your 24 second for Jamar chase? If you're, so here's the, Here's the thing on there are players that are at such an elite level that I don't if they're injured, it doesn't change my value on them. Not even one little bit. Yeah. So if if Mahomes gets hurt and you want to come for him, that's fine. But like it's still going to be the exact same Mahomes package because (laughs) he's God level. And same with Justin Jefferson. You know, I I had some pretty silly offers sent to me. I got I tweeted something. I tweeted a a couple of the offers that came in last night and they got got ratioed to death because I was a little bit sarcastic about it. I was like, oh. You know, lost Justin Jefferson in Dynasty. Who, which one of these packages should I take? And yes, just two hundred and something people were just like, none of them, none of them, you idiot, none of them. And half, the, and you know, there's a few people that are like, this is a joke tweet. Yes. Okay. Yeah. But, exactly. Uh, well, though, it, that, it doesn't like, it doesn't change his price. Yeah. No. It just exactly. Doesn't. Yeah. 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 I, I agree with that. Um, but w- is there a leverage play that you try and make to try and stay competitive? Because I mean, he's such a valuable piece, and you know, you you may not be rebuilding because you were good. Maybe you're like legitimately good and you had Justin Jefferson. Well, now you're like, not exactly all that you're fine, but you're not dominant anymore. And so you have a chance to go for it. I always say, if you look me and chalk said this before, if I could give you my 24 second and you told me I'm going to win the chip, of course I'd just give it to you. Right. Yeah. Like that's, yeah, 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 I'd, I'd get nothing back. Just tell me I'm going to win, and <laughs> yes. you, you know what I mean. Like I don't need love it, right? So ultimately, of course, it's worth it. But is it worth it? You know, and so it is interesting. I think those are some of the plays you guys got to be thinking about. And, and ultimately, the answer is how good is your team? Look at your max points for like look at some of your you know contingencies. Right? I look at my contingencies like okay, uh, how many quarterbacks do I have? Because Anthony Richardson just got hurt. This that like things can go bad quick. Like yes. Daniel Jones got hurt. Baker Mayfield could get benched. Like, you know, Kirk Cousins could get traded. Like things can change pretty quickly. So I, if I have, have a team with only two starting quarterbacks, um, you know, even if they're good ones, like I'm, I only, little- I, I only ever consider myself a contender. If I can lose 25% of my team to injury and still be a competitor. <laughs> right. So be, because of that, I mean, you can call Justin Jefferson, like at least 12 and a half percent of your team. Like yeah. just as a, he, he has to be, well, probably more than that even, more but it's that, the same yeah. as a quarterback. You, you move, you lose a quarterback. Do you have one to replace? If you lose a tight end, do you have one to replace? And if you, do, if you don't have a position 
a positional player in, from each position waiting in the wings, you're really on the edge and probably shouldn't be making any future right. draft capital trades to stay in it in week five. So I wouldn't yeah. even consider doing any moves like That's that right. until like week 13. That's right. Or There's trade the deadline. I totally agree. Like I try not to push in until I'm in, right? Right, because exactly. What if don't so trade what? for running backs until week 10. Just don't it's do it. True. Trade them all away. It's so true. It's Every so true. One. Yes, it's so true because I've done this before where you're like, dude, I lost this guy. I'm going to make this quick move. Everything's going to be fine. Boom, boom, boom. That guy gets hurt. <laughs> you know, it's like, ah, I've, what the fuck? What did I just do that for? And then some other guy gets hurt. You're like, dude, this whole season's falling apart. And you're like, well, yeah, you should have just waited. And that's the answer. Good answer. I've pretty much regretted every single win now trade that I can look back on. Even the ones that, you know, they just get praise upon praise upon praise. Uh, let me read this one that I did during the summer. I traded away Justin Herbert, Gabe Davis, a first, and Wandell Robinson. Now, I should get a giant package of win now guys back for that, right? Rodgers, yeah. out. Kelsey, ugh. Uh, okay, when he's healthy. Devontae Adams, hit and miss. Uh, Corey Davis just a throw, and I threw him away. Uh, Cortland Sutton, not great. Najee Harris, super underperforming. Now, at the time, yeah, it almost got vetoed because I did so well on that trade. Yeah. But <laughs> right. win now just never – it's just never worked. Maybe, maybe right. it does for you, but no. it is a losing bet every single time for me. I totally agree. I've, I've said this. I tried it in my uh, – in my listener league and it's my worst team i'm in full rebuild i've got you know seven first rounders in the next two years and you know i'm put you know i'm, I'm like third and max pf of the, the good way you know just the, one of the worst teams you know so i'm gonna get harrison or may you know it's like but like yeah no i'm full rebuild full rebuild in that league because uh i went for cmc and derrick henry the year they got hurt and it just it completely – and I put all my – you know, I put everything in there. It was all gone. And, like, my quarterback that year, guess who? Trump, Tom Brady. It was great. He was fine. But, like, everything else, you know, just went around it. And it was like I had a fragile team, and I'm trying to, like, do this, like, you know, strategy of, like, just dominate quick, you know. But it, I, 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 it does not work for me. I don't it know. It work. I, I don't think it works, right? So, yeah, I'm with yeah. you a thousand percent. It, if it does work, you got lucky. Well, and so you bought those two running backs. I, I bet you paid at least three firsts yeah, to get like those two. Yeah, multiple firsts on both of them, exactly. Yeah. Right, I right. had done my, my draft what, strategy were, where I traded back and I had all these firsts. I'm like, I've got, I've got this. I can just do this, you know? Do you want to really drive this point home and like maybe go back to it whenever your feelings need to get hurt and you need to be humbled? <laughs> yeah. Go and look up uh, whoever was probably weak. Picked with all those, yeah. Well, no, no, week week eight through week 17 of that season and see yeah. who was the winning running backs. And you'll be like, Justice Hill, what the fuck did I do setting three first for McCaffrey? What the <laughs> yeah. hell? Justice yes. Hill was the was the running back eight? What, what happened? Yes, you know, exactly. It's, it's very humbling. Yes. Kyron Williams right now, Jerome Ford. Yeah. It's like, you know, yeah, exactly. Jaleel McLaughlin my way to the bank. Yep. It's great. Yep. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, Matt, I, I also, it's, it's funny. You, you had texted me something and I, I – it was, it was just hit me directly down the middle. So I was thinking about like, you know, I watch people in my league, right. And they, they don't properly use their taxi or their practice squad, whatever taxi squad, you know, they don't properly use their IR. Um, they don't do these things. They, they don't put players in um, like Thursday night players in their starting, you know, roster, they put them in the flex. Like even if it's two quarterbacks, put the starting quarterback in the quarterback, not in the super flex. You never know what could happen. And so I see them do all these things. And I'm always just like, oh my God. Like it's not, 
it's not a big thing. It's not like an egregious mistake, but it could be. It could right. be. It right. could be. It could make you completely lose. And and ultimately, it's not because it will make you lose once or whatever. I don't even know what that – I just – there is a correct way to do it. That's as simple as it can be. There's yeah. the correct way. And so you and I were talking, and it's not even good enough for us to put our Thursday night players in – the roster spot they should be in on Thursday night. That's not even the best way to do it. Right. Here's every, the, every you, you see them all saying uh, on Twitter, it's Thursday night. Take your, take your players out of there. Take your Thursday you night fuck. players out of the uh, flex spot. That's the thing. Take it out of the flex spot, put it in the positional spot. Cause then we are way you know, ahead of you. We so we want to do it. Yeah. That's bad advice. It's not, it's not bad advice. It's just it's good late advice. advice. It's late. It's late advice. It should, what you should be doing. Cause sleepers got this little trick and I know you yeah. know this. Cause we just talked about this. Um, I do this little trick. I, I'm glad you do it. It's such, yes. a, it's such a, and this is just, it's a blanket riser for all your teams where you might not win like this week here, this week there, but you might win this week here, this week there. More importantly, you'll be able to keep a, a few extra players at the very end of your roster. And we like to hoard all these dart throws, you know, yes. I don't want to get rid of Zach Evans, but the problem with Zach Evans is that every week he's declared a healthy scratch. So yes. he's not going to be in the, he's not going to be designated out with a big O until, until before his Sunday game, right? And yep. his Sunday game might be at 3.05, and then you got a whole, you know. So if you can't stash him in your IR, uh, then you're going to have to cut somebody in order to make it happen. But yep. here's the way around that, right? Sleeper will let you set your next week's lineup on Tuesday while they still maintain the out, even if it was a healthy scratch like um, like Zach Evans, for example. Or this That's week, right. we, don't, we don't know if uh, T. Higgins is going to play. So, so, so said simply, let me just, let me help you here. Go ahead. Please said do. simply. Hold on. You're right there. Said simply on Tuesday, you should be making sure as a matter of fact, even, even sometimes you'll have, you'll have like missed the guy. Like, you know, he went to, yeah, he went to out, but you couldn't put him in there for week five, but then the week five is over. And on Tuesday you wake up and he's still out on Tuesday and you can put him into your IR. So you put all your injury guys in the IR that day. The other thing you do on Tuesday is you fix your week six lineup in this in this way with your most likely starting lineup. Plus, you then put all your Thursday players that are in your most likely lineup up into the running back, wide receiver, uh, tight end, and, and not into your flex. Get them out of the flexes, even the super flexes. So you do all that with your Thursday stuff. And then you put in your waivers, you get whatever you get, and now you have a team. Then on Wednesday, all your guys on the IR, not all, but many, are now not on the IR. They're just right. questionable or this or that, and they're not even eligible. So you're going to have the big red thing. You need to fucking do T- something with T. Your- Higgins, I'm yeah. Ross St. Brown. We don't know yes. if they're playing or not, but if they if they do get pulled from IR and they're st- – uh, and they're still in your IR spot. If they get pulled from out to questionable, it doesn't matter. You don't have to readjust anything on Thursday, which gives you a full extra three days to see how things are going. People Correct. might go to IR. You can switch things around, but you don't want to be making that decision on Thursday because you might have to cut two people if you That's haven't right. already done it. So just That's do it right. ahead of time. That's right. Make your Thursday decision on Tuesday. And if a guy is like, man, I don't even know if I want to play him, then give him the fuck out of there. How's right. that? you know get him the fuck out of there and then on thursday night if you're like dude i think i gotta play him then you gotta fucking make your cuts and deal with it um but you may that 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 is also now an inflection point but at least you're cutting those players on thursday at four 
rather than Tuesday. And you think, well, what's no, the no, difference? no, 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 no. Yeah. Oh, hopefully you're cutting those pl- those players at Sunday at noon. Sunday. Yes, but because like, you didn't have to do any adjustments. But on if you Thursday. absolutely have to take a Thursday yes. guy out or in or something, if you do have to make a difference on what you decided on Tuesday to Thursday, which is not likely, but it's possible. It's possible you're like, dude, I don't. They uh, whatever. You know, you get my point. Yeah, um, absolutely. You know, something could fucking change, but that's it. Exactly. Generally, you just your Thursday guys play. Sunday rolls around, and you're like, all right, cool. Well. Zach Evans back to out. <laughs> He's just sat there the whole time. He was in my IR the whole time. It's just an extended roster. So I have more available players to play and or trade than my league mates. That's just the way I, I'm going to be. Now, that's a quote unquote a lot of work or whatever, but it's not at all, actually. It's, it's the just, same amount of work. You're just doing it two days earlier. That's right. You, that's you right. get your whole weekend free. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Sometimes it pays to be a nerd. Do your homework on Friday. It's the same homework. Yes, dude. God, I'm such a hypocrite. Uh, you're so so not a nerd. You don't do homework at all. <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. I That's appreciate right. the show sheet. It is really well thought out. Yeah, right. Yeah, Lo- right. Love reading it for the first time right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait. There's a show sheet? Um, oh, thank you, Michael P. Duncan. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Michael would never. He would never. <laughs> never. Um, I don't pay him enough. I pay him all I can, though. I give him everything. It's all his. I love him. Um, but yes, absolutely. That's another one. And like, those are just the small things that you're constantly just mining the edges. And it's like, I think the same thing with 25 picks right now, 2025, right? I think that uh, most league managers, the only reason they would even second guess sending a 25 pick right now is if they're forced to pay the league dues. That's it. Other than that, if there's not a league dues thing, people are so flippant with 25 firsts fucking just take them take them all because i'm telling you you know what you know when 2025 when the 2025 draft is going to be the new hotness when it's a pause yeah i'll 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 go ahead of that and say as soon as those 24 picks are used so like right after the 24 rookie draft suddenly those 2025 picks aren't way down the board they're the next ones up that's right all of a sudden yeah so you get a whole year of of them being the, the hotness that's right Yep. It's so, it's so amazing how that works. I don't know. Um, well, it's easy, but one thing ahead. that I do like about that, you mentioned, you know, if you, if, if you don't have to pay league dues, they don't really even care. Right. I, I like when they have to pay league dues because sometimes when you, when you target those dynasty managers, you're targeting, you're going after the most YOLO guys, right? Oh. You're going after the, uh, the, the Adam Thielen owner managers and the Josh Reynolds managers, and you're, you're targeting them specifically. Those teams are also probably the likeliest to implode if they're, you know, they're, they're YOLO players. There's a very certain, you know who they are in your league. And if those teams are paid for through 2025, go for it, dude, leave an orphan. Somebody's going to love picking up that hundred dollar orphan. You're still going to get the one-on-one in 2025 because you have theirs. It's a, it's a done deal. It's fine. Yes. So I, I like that. There are a lot of hidden advantages to dipping into that 2025. They're cheaper. They shouldn't be. Um, the position is less established, and it's it's confident managers that usually are okay with giving them away. But their position is less established, um, which makes it more volatile and it makes it more malleable. And you have a whole year to work with it. Yes. And you know, kind of, kind of, uh, like you said, empty their wallet, empty their deep pockets while giving them a chance, and then screw it, let them win this year. That's that's, right. that's fine. There's that's just so many overlookable advantages and those overlooked lookable advantages are what really add up in deals. That's right. Yeah. I mean, it's the, it's the, you know, chalk and I were texting today about best ball and we have two, you know, I have one, he has one best ball mania, the 25 buy-in 
that that's like um um we 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 both lost like uh HN and and JJ and it was like we had these first place teams and now they're probably fucked you know whatever they, who knows they were probably fucked all along you know but but either way it's like you know we're like oh best ball er you know we're not as good and he goes yeah man when you take away all the edges and the trades and the strategy and all the other stuff that we're awesome at we we don't have as much of an advantage and i think of that all the time i'm like he's so right this is what the advantage is that you are able to take advantage of in dynasty it's just the the subtle edges all the time just taking advantage of the subtle edges is where your edge is in dynasty and, exactly. You know, I don't know players. Just, if you yeah. ask me to just, I'm, I'm, I'm honestly, I'm terrible at redraft. Part of the yeah. reason is because I want to hedge against all my dynasty teams and just hedge against my profile to say, you know what, if everything comes crashing down in dynasty, at least I'll be a, you know, have a big fat wallet by the end of it because of these redraft wins. But you know, the redraft generally does uh, expectedly disappointing, which is ha- it makes me very happy. Yeah. You know, because yeah. it means my dynasty is all killing it. Yeah, yeah, you 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 don't have these staunch player takes. You're not like, dude, that mm. fucking guy is awesome. You're wrong. He's good. No, like, you're like, I, I eh, don't care. Maybe. Oh, who knows? Yeah, there's yeah. there's only a few guys. There's like a Marquise Brown every year, uh, an Ayuk every year, and you can pound the table for those guys. But um, generally, I just stay away. You know, play the house. Let them be. Let the other people be the smartest people in the room and take the vig every single time. <laughs> yes, sir. That's how you play, and I, I respect it quite a bit, actually. Um, well, let me ask you this one because I think this is interesting, especially based off of that type of play style. How did you treat Puka Nakua pre-draft during the draft, that whole thing? And then how did you treat it once he was, um, you know, the hotness, you know, week one and, and, and beyond? Like, how did that how did that play out for you in your, in your portfolio and, and in general? Love it, because uh, I thought that he was going to be really good for redraft. And he was so cheap. He he and Tank Dell were so cheap in rookie in drafts. Yeah, I agree. Oh, oh, in redraft they were free, but even in Dynasty, yeah. you can you'd always use a three five three six on Tank Dell Puka the yep. entire time, the entire offseason. What else are you gonna do at that point? Um, yeah. But I did have a lot of Puka in redraft, which helped me out a lot. It that did not steer me clear of his very very cheap price in Dynasty, and then. You get all these reports. I, I still didn't want to sell. I kind of wanted to see what I had. Same with Tank Dell. Then the first week happens, and I actually bought a Puka for a second, just yep. from somebody that wanted to shed the points. He wanted to get rid of them. Uh, week two happens. He he blows up again. He does the same type of you know fantastic, like upwards of 30 points performance. At that point, I like to play uh, with a portfolio that kind of uh, maintains a stasis for where I think those players are valued compared to consensus so if if i'm much higher on a player of course i'm going to have you know 35 percent on him if i'm much lower on a player i don't mind having staying at 10 percent. now i i don't mind changing hands for each of those players i don't mind sending them or buying them i just kind of like being at a certain percentage so i sold puka or i bought puka for a second after week one and i sold him for a first in a different league after week two and it's it's a fun kind of arbitrage because I don't care. You're not. You don't have to bring this exact poo to this league. You just kind of want to maintain a stasis of how you feel these players are, and then play against the market against them all the time, right? Yeah. So, so you you did have. Do you, do you know w- w- about what your roster ship is of Puka? Probably thirty. Probably thirty five percent, along yeah. with Mims, along with Laporta, along with uh, Tank yeah. Dell. Yeah. Just a bunch of really fun late targets. 
Yeah, exactly. No, they, they were all great. I, I obviously, well, you, you know, you were listening to me. So of course they were easy to pick. Mims was great. And Mims has been infuriating because he has, you, you want to, you want to talk about my 50% Izzy Abanacanda? Oh, sorry. God, it hurts. I apologize. Well, once he went in the fifth round, you had to kind of, but you know, he was, all, oh my God, I, I, I don't have as much Izzy as I wanted to have. You know what I kept saying, right? I kept saying Izzy to Miami in the third, Izzy to Miami in the third. And then a chain goes to Miami in third. I was all in on 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 A chain. I'm like, dude, give me A chain. Look, Damn. I didn't really want A chain at all. I think I had him like I don't remember. He was way down in my pre-draft running back rankings. Like, you know, maybe somewhere between five and eight. I don't remember exact uh, five and eight running back. You know, not even a top five running back. And like then he was like RB three right after the draft. I'm like, no, he's RB three. Like how can you not take this guy in the late first? Like the it's just, there's just too much. Like this is a speed team with the most creative coach who isn't afraid to play speedbacks that don't have size, Mostert and give them all the run. And this guy's way fucking better prospect than Mostert ever was. I mean, Mostert's been a good pro. I mean, you know, or at least a late what, you know, 30 in. Pro. Yeah. I mean, you know, he's yeah. not been a good pro actually, you know, so this guy should be way better than Mostert. You know, if, if he hits his, you know, his ceiling, it's like, how can we not want that? And then, you know, it tested me a little bit. The the game he got in there and got one carry. I was like, oh, boy, is this what we're going to have here? Come on, man. And then, of course, right. the next week he blows up, and now he's blown out his knee. So really fun time. Sometimes. So I, I'll tell you this. I've been really, really regretting how much I backed off. I think I was at 10% HN. And, I, of course, I'm going to regret that. Week me too. I, I backed three, off Three, four, five, and I'm like, oh, my. What I, and I think back about like, oh, how smart was I when I traded away the 111 HN pick for Derrick Henry and two thirds? Like, how yeah. is, I, what, a, what, a, what a moron. Yeah. Well, now HN's hurt. And what I did with those two thirds that I got on ter- top of Derrick Henry is I got Mostert and I got Jeff Wilson. So now I'm like, you know what? You never know how these things are going to work out. And I love, I love hedging. So yeah. now I've got Derrick Henry and the other two thirds of the backfield for, yeah. for free. It's, it's just, it's, it's a hard game to play because you, you do get emotional. Of course yeah. you get emotional on these misses and these wins and they're so fleeting. Yeah. Know? They're so well, fickle. It's funny too, because when I was drafting a chain, uh, you know, it, it, like every rookie draft, I just boom, 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 boom. You know, it was right after uh, JSN and Addison. It was like, I was just like a chain, a chain, a chain, you know, boom, every time. And it was great. And then I started thinking, dude, am I really drafting a 180 pounder? Like I started to get a little bit like, oh my God, am I gonna how much exposure am I gonna have on this one player? This is bad. You know, even though my my gut was, yes, do this. Once you start looking at your like you say, like, you know, now I'm up, I'm gonna get way above 35%. I'm gonna have, you know, eight or ten A chains and no Kendra Miller. What if Kendra no Miller Charbonnets. Right? Yeah. I'm like, fuck, I might have fucked this all up, you know? And you know, it's it's it, that's what's tough when when it's um you know when when you have a portfolio is how much do you stick to those convictions? Though that's mm-hmm. what's really difficult. It's easy to do it once actually, and then if you're wrong, you're wrong. Whatever. I fucking pick this guy in front of that guy. Oh well, I mean, you're gonna make mistakes. It's but it's how sure are you? You know, are you willing to take a chain ahead of Kendra and Charbonnet? You know, a hundred percent of the time in 25, 50 leagues, whatever it is. You know. That's when you start to say, well, I might not be that sure, you know? Right. 
Yeah. And, and, you know, with them all kind of changing places, Kendra, Charbonnet, Achan, like all towards the back of the first and the beginning yeah. of the second, you, you, that's, that's the reason not to take any of them at 110 and just see if you can trade back to the 204. And then you just get whichever one you're given. Yeah. And it's probably going to be the wrong one, but it's just as likely to be the right one because we don't really know anything. It's you know? true. I did so, actually so trade. I, I was, I was in one league and I was like, wherever, whatever it was, 109, whatever it was. And I was like taking Achan and I was like, fuck. And I want them. And someone was trying to get up there. And I was like, okay. And I was, I was like, fuck it. I'll sell them, you know? And then I went like Kendra, Charbonnet, Kincaid. And then I got A-Chain wherever the fuck I traded back to. I was like, ah, right. look at that. You know, right. you know what I mean? I was like, look at that. I just That was perfect. Just what I wanted, you know? So sometimes it, it does work out just how you want it, you know? Right. That's like you playing the house. You're, you're the house. You take the VIG and then you see them accidentally throw the ticket on the away on the way out of the door. And you're like, that was free. Thanks. Thank you. Yes. I got everything. I got it all. So yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's betting against yourself. I actually, I, I don't know. You probably listened to the show a bit. You referenced something I'd done in the past, but like it was the picket thing. You know, I thought picket was going to be good. I, I thought the, I thought the Steelers were going to be good, but I was willing to sell off a picket because I wasn't sure, you know, I'm like, I'm not mm-hmm. fucking sure. So yeah. I might as well, you know, re-roll them into a first and just, you know, fucking, you know, I've got enough quarterbacks. I don't need four or whatever it was, you know, whatever it's, you know, whatever the number was four or five, you know, I've got three more after this fucking trade and, you know, re-roll it. And, and, and sure enough, I feel a lot better about that now than if you were ripping it up, if you were CJ Stroud. Yeah, I hear you. You like the CJ Stroud situation? Uh, I love the CJ Stroud situation. Are you hinting at something? Are you hinting at, a, at an off-season trade? No, no. Oh, okay. No, okay. You, is it, oh, oh, no, no. Yeah, you know, you, you, no. Look, go for it. Tell tell your story. You 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 made a big trade and got lambasted for it, and now you're fucking nine and one in that league with the most points scored, kicking everybody's ass. So go fuck yourself is basically what you'd like to say. Did I preface that okay? Pretty much, pretty much. Uh, it's it's I. You just don't want to plant your flag on a player like like you. So being able to delay gratification is like one thing that geniuses are able to do. And you're like, oh, that's a sign of being a genius. Blah, blah. Well, if you are just unable to commit or don't know player takes and you'd rather just kind of not want to commit, it's the same result as delaying gratification. You're just pushing it down the road on whether you're going to win or lose. And it's it's really it's a. It's a smart hedge move. It's not a strong. It's not like a strength move, right? Um, but at the end, you look like a genius because you still did. The, you did the same thing that geniuses do, but accidentally because you're just. <laughs> That's you right. know how not smart you are. Yes, you know, and you got to be okay with that. Yeah, I don't know if everybody quite understands what you just said, but I thoroughly <laughs> understand it because I understand Good. what you did. So basically, what you did is you traded the pick that was CJ Stroud in a rookie draft, plus like literally like Corey Davis. And like nothing, like a, like four players that you would have dropped if you made the trade without them. So those players are, are irrelevant. But the guys you got back were centered around like Keenan out. So just it's a super flex. So he traded a fucking starting quarterback top. You know, I, I think it was 103 and they ended yeah. up being CJ Stroud. Or I think it was I ended up at 106 and I got CJ Stroud. And I was like, well, that's who I got. But you know what? CJ Stroud's for sale. Doesn't yes. change the price for me. It's still the 103. Right? Yes. So, you so I was selling him as the 103 Stroud for. Keenan Allen, tell 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 the trade if you have it. Uh, I, I'm gonna have to pull it up. You got to give me a sec, unless you have it pulled up. I mean, I, I think- you know, you know, I thought I thought I thought <laughs> you knew I was filibustering for your stupid story, and uh, then you go ahead and do this. I mean, yeah, God, it's I get distracted. Know. All right, all right. So here's what it was. Tell the story. 
Uh, I traded Corey Davis, Zay Jones, Mac Hollins, Isaiah McKenzie, Marquez Valley, Scantling, like a bunch of guys that I don't ever. Yeah, it's it's best ball. So at least, you know, they'll yeah, yeah. the whole group will give you probably one or two 15 point games a year, maybe if they play. It's, it's <laughs> right. all those touches. They don't guys. retire. Exactly. Which Corey, Davis. Which Corey Davis did. Yeah. <laughs> so I sent him to CJ Stroud and everybody was like, wow, you're, you're, you, you got, uh, you sold him for, I could, I got Keenan Allen, Jerk McKinnon, Mike Evans, Cole Komet, Wandale Robinson, and a third. So a bunch of nothing. And in a managed league, I would never want to trade away CJ Stroud in a super flex league for all these like kind of, kind of dirtbag old guys, right? Mike Evans and Keenan Allen have ended up just killing it accidentally. So nice. <laughs> yes. And I'm sure that uh, Jarek McKinnon is going to ev- eventually, you know, he'll bust out for some 17 points. I don't need in, it. In, in a super, I mean, in a best ball, super best ball. I don't need to know yeah. when they're coming. Yeah. I don't care when they're coming. Yes. Uh, and then, so the, the reason that I went after Cole Komet is because it was his only starting tight end. And I had this guy's 24 first from the startup draft. So, because it's best ball, I don't mind losing this trade by sending CJ Stroud for all those guys. And I definitely lost the trade on paper. Yeah. I definitely lost the trade, right? But during the rookie draft, when I sold him, I had three more offers come into my inbox almost immediately because they were like, this guy's a sucker. He's selling CJ Stroud for a bunch of you know 30-year-old, 33-year-old wide receivers, a 32-year-old running back. Um, he doesn't know what he's doing. And because of that, I was able to pull off a bunch more trades. But what I was actually doing was I was gearing that guy's team into what he's he figured out a little bit too late is going to be a rebuild. So I have his 24 first. I don't care if I lost that trade because what I really did was pushed his 105 down to like 101. And Stroud is if Stroud is the difference between me getting Caleb Williams and me getting like Amika or so you know a, a wide receiver like that guy, right sure plus there's always you can always redo the same move where you're like all right well give me your caleb williams or i'll give you my kid like next year i might not even take caleb williams with this but that's what this move did right is it it got me a whole lot of people interested in trading with me the big sucker uh got me lambasted through a bunch of leagues and those are the, the times that i'm just happiest when i know i know that i'm I know that I just did, did something that nobody else notices. And uh, so now he, I am going to lock up Caleb with that pick. When that pick is on the clock, I might not take Caleb Williams because this year I'm 150 points against the second best guy. And I'm doing it with Baker Mayfield, Derek Carr, and Russell Wilson. You don't need especially, Mahomes to win in, in best ball leagues. Uh, no, you know? absolutely. Especially in best ball, need, yeah. You need, you need a couple three of guys, or four quarterbacks three or four, four, yep. who have good matchups because yep. matchups is, is kind of a fine way to play that as well. And uh, yeah, so it changed the direction of his team, but more it changed the direction of my team. Plus all those guys, if half of them hit, then I'm suddenly in first place. So it's just, it's, it's such a fun way to play the game where I, you know, I, I lose on paper a lot. And it's fine because I end up winning with Caleb Williams next yeah. year. And no, so when it. Caleb Williams is on the clock, I, there's a very good chance I'm not going to use my pick on him. Yeah, I'll probably do the same thing again and get somebody's 25 pick for Caleb Williams and get all their old guys who are, you know, give me all your Derrick Henry's next year. Give me all your Mike. Give me yeah. all your Mike Whoever. Williams, Mike yeah. Evans. Like just give me everybody. Yeah. And what it's going to do is strip them of cash. But because it's best ball, that cash comes in the form of other players more than it does in the exact draft picks the way that it doesn't manage leagues. That's exactly right. And then you'll have the, you'll win the league again, pocket the money and rinse and repeat. And so it's really a strategy play that I, I, and if you remember my, my response, cause I think you shared it with me and I, you know, I was invited to the conversation. I said, I don't love it, 
but I totally but I see it. what you're doing. I get what you're yes. doing. I get it. I did understand the idea and I wasn't sure, but that's the whole point is that there was some balls attached to the, to the, once you see the path, it's like, dude, this is going against the grain, especially that, you know, the, the big piece of information was that you owned his 24 first or yeah, his 24 first. I would have never done it without that. Yes. Never. I would have no. never done it without that. But half the <laughs> trade that people weren't seeing was an invisible 105 that I was kind of giving away to have processed and handed back to me after his team changed to be to turn into the 101. So that was that little bit of alchemy that's unseen. Yeah. And it's a best ball league where you had, you know, Keenan Allen fucking, you know, Mike Evans is a, you know, it's, that's a lot of points. That's a lot of points in, 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 a, a, in a best ball league. You never know which, which play is going to play, which player is going to play in a best ball league. And if you have depth, you basically insulate yourself to bad weeks. For sure. Yeah, that's right. So, I mean, you made yourself a lot deeper with, you know, even commit now, you know, commit was a throw in bullshit. And I don't want to think about him ever again in my entire life. (laughs) And if he's in a best ball league, you don't have to, (laughs) all you need is a a commit, a Logan Thomas and a, you know, you don't even have to spend up on a, on a, an eighth round sort of Darren wall. You just don't need to. Yeah. You just need a few fucking dudes back there. That's exactly all we're hoping for is a touchdown between four guys. We're going to get it. (laughs) That's easy. exactly right. So, so there you go. But how did I start this? Mm, CJ no, Stroud. CJ Stroud. That's how That's we started it. this. You know, I was getting excited about CJ Stroud and what he is doing. Obviously, he's he's playing really, really well, and he's changed the fortunes of this Houston franchise. Literally, dude. He is. Did you? I mean, bro, this guy is playing so good. After the, I, I said this last week. I'm going to say it again. After the first two weeks of the season, he had five sacks taken and then six. So he had 11 sacks taken in the first two games. He has zero since then. Wow. He has zero sacks and he's thrown zero interceptions. That dude is football smart. (laughs) S2 test be damned. Yeah, no, he's got that. He's got that football mentality. He's got the intelligence. He's got the the patience to learn it. Where after having eleven sacks in two weeks, he's like, you know what? I'm going to take that part of the game out of it. And then yep. he did. No more sacks for me. Yeah, he's awesome. just. It's just unbelievable. I mean, yeah, I am. I am just blown away how good this dude is. I mean, I, yeah, I'm sure the the you know because his, his yeah his adjusted net yards per attempt was like four and then seven. And then it was like 11, 11 and eight. You know what I mean? It's just like, he just changed immediately. He's just, I, I'm just so blown away. Um, his completion percentage came down a little bit last couple games, but he's still at 61.3, you know, seven, seven touchdowns, zero interceptions, zero, um, you know, zero uh, sacks taken. And the team is two and three. They're in every game. They really had a chance of winning this last week against Atlanta. They obviously lost by two, Um I don't know, man. This might be a pretty good team. They beat a they 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 beat the shit out of Pittsburgh and uh, Jacksonville, who are probably better than we think they are. Like that was those are probably pretty good wins. I mean, Jacksonville just smoked. Well, I don't know about smoke, but certainly beat uh, Buffalo. So I don't know, man. I think wheels are all the way up for C.J. Stroud and his future. I, I can't imagine he's just not the guy. You're you're uh, Jacksonville's in their division too, right? Yep. And and I think it's the Titans who are gonna. It, it, Titans they're looking Colts, like yeah. they're looking like a playoff team. Yeah, Houston. Can you imagine? Can you imagine oh. saying that in the last five ten years? Exactly. Yeah, I, I don't know, man. It, I think they're all pretty clustered together, and they're two and three or three and two. I think everybody is or something like that. So, 
Yeah, man. When is it? When does it start become a to become a dynasty superflex conversation about is Stroud in the realm of uh, Lawrence right now? Uh, yeah. I, so I, yes, I, I do think that. Thank I you. Think let's so do too. that. So let's talk about that real quick because I, I am constantly wrestling with where I put these guys, and I think the Trevor Lawrence, C.J. Stroud, Tua, Joe Burrow is a is a is a thing. Those are people. Those are guys. You know what I mean? Sure. Those, that's a thing. That's a thing. If you can trade within that group and get profit, go right the fuck ahead. You know, you can move one for the other and get the yeah, fine. Stroud isn't going to give you the performance potentially this year, although he kind of is. I mean, you wouldn't you, expect the big numbers, but like, would you put a rich in that group? I, I, so Anthony Richardson, obviously with the injury now changes a little bit, but I, I felt like he's slightly above that just because of ceiling. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. So I've got an offer in my inbox right now from Jacob Sanderson, run the damn ball. Yeah. And, uh, it's it's within that group. It's a rich to uh, burrow, but I've got to add his own second back, which I have because that's the game we play. Yeah, and I also have to add JSN. So it sounds like you're way off if you got a rich above burrow alone. I shouldn't be giving away JSN and his own second. Yeah, that's why I felt that way. I felt like a rich. You know, I mean, the only th- the only reason that I what did I ask you? The first question I asked you when you showed me that trade when you were trading a rich for Burrow was, is this a team sort of not desperate to win, but desperate to win? In other words, man, you know, I was I was humming with a rich. Now I don't have I have a hole at quarterback with a starting quarterback. I win the league, or you know, I have a good chance to win the league. You know, flipping a rich to Burrow gives me a a much much better chance at the money for this year, well then maybe that changes the way I look at that trade. But other than that, so, I, mean, so there was a, I think there, there are two there parts are lateral that, at that best. I, there are two parts that I left out. He sent two trades. One was for Burrow, uh, the, the, what's what's looking like the two twelve and lock it. And he was going to get back a rich JSN and his own second. So it, that, that, that is a little bit more depth. Uh, I don't think I'm going to take either of them. And then he sent uh, Josh Allen for those three pieces that I mentioned going to him, JSN, yeah. a rich. And that that's, that's worth thinking about as well. That's a little bit actually almost like that better. I mean, because if you're going to give up on, on JSN, you might as well try and move all the way up as opposed to hedging in the borough land. Because, I mean, as much as I like Burrow, he's certainly shown that the floor could be dangerous with him. Um, you know, whereas Josh Allen, man, fuck me, man. He doesn't have a floor. Top two every year. Every he doesn't year have two. a floor. Yeah, there's right. no floor. It's so, you know, that's just so, so sturdy. For and and also injury too. I mean, knock on the all the knock on wood. Uh, but you know, Josh Allen just doesn't get hurt. You know what I mean? It's like he's just very very durable. So um, all those reasons, I think you know the I'd rather if I'm going to give up JSN. I, the locket doesn't you know locket and Burrow or or Josh Allen like Josh Allen. You know right. what I mean? Pretty easily. Like, fuck right. me. I mean, I love Lockett, but he's, you know, I mean, how many years left? I mean, he, you know, God, uh, yeah, that's that's Josh Allen very, very easily. So if I'm going to take the deal, I'm going to take the Josh Allen deal uh, for sure. Okay. I still don't think I'm going to. And I love that you compared the two sides of it together because yeah. that's what kind of sealed it for me is like, would I rather have Burrow, Lockett, and a second or Josh Allen? And I'm like, you know what? Uh, there's just way more ways to pivot if I have JSN, A Rich, and this guy's second. Because let's say, let's say this guy with a, let's say you find a tanker in that team and you're like, hey, A Rich does not have any points. 
do you want to do fields form straight up? And I probably would right now. And he probably yeah. would too. So there's just, there's other ways to go about it. And then I get to keep JSN in the second. So it's a, he's, he's a really good trade partner. He, he likes to send really thought, well thought out trades. Yes. Um, but sometimes the, the sides just don't agree. Even though That's right. I mean, you know, just because someone sends you a fair deal, doesn't mean you have to take it. It doesn't mean right. you have to take it. Even if it's feel, I, dude, I, this one goes way back. This is so fucking good. Uh, Amon Ra St. Brown as a rookie. Do you remember the Amon Ra St. Brown rookie season was like, nobody thought he was top 10 or anything. You know what I mean? Do you remember? It was like, right. he was, yeah, like, it was, oh, he was a late, he, he was a mid second or he yeah. was, he was anywhere for, for first, you know, middle, late, early second. And then first five weeks, he didn't really do much. He didn't get much play. Same, same with the second five weeks. And then he just blew it up and he's never, he's never come back down to earth. Yes, after that first season, he was kind of like, you know, most people's dynasty, like wide receiver 20 to 30. You know what I mean? Sure. Right. And if you remember, uh, Chase Claypool was mm. like a stud. Yeah, that hurts. He was a stud. Do you remember this? Yep. He was a stud. And he was, we were starting to have some questions, but like he was kind of like definitely ranked in every dynasty ranking you could find at the moment claypool was ahead of amon Ra. okay now it was mm-hmm. slow to react because it's the end of the season and i'm thinking already into next season and what what's going to happen but the brilliant jj zacharyson sends me that deal he says hey give me your amon Ra. i'll give you chase claypool and i remember looking at like the rankings even my own rankings and everything and being like wait i should take this right. and then it just i sat with it and i was like this doesn't feel right. <laughs> you know what I mean? This doesn't feel right. And I had to think my way through it. And I was like, fuck that. So I say, you know, no, thank you. I kind of like Amon Ra. Like, I'm not like, I didn't tell him the real reason that I, you know, just felt stupid and I'm not going to do it because I think it's a dumb trade because I'm going to feel stupid later. Like, that was really it. Right. I don't want to say You're that, JJ Zacharyson. Why would I get, why would I do a one for one deal with you ever? Yeah. 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 So, so I was like, um, you know, yeah, just uh, kind of like it. And it, so then he sweetens it and adds like a second. And I'm like, Whew. I'm like, oh, wait, I should take this, right? Right. And then I'm like, nope, I fucking resist. I resist. And I'm like, I can't do this. This is him being brilliant and me being the mark. I know Mm -hmm. it. I can Mm -hmm. sense this is the mark moment. (laughs) So I I say, you know what? Let's revisit later. It's a great offer. I really appreciate it. And it's so hard to say no sometimes because you're like, there's no – like because the reasoning – wouldn't be this is not fair and the reasoning can never be dude i'm really high on Haman rock because that's stupid too it just is like wait this is this is the mark moment and what it is is sometimes these these assets are moving up and down they're fluid and you want to try and sense some of that and i don't know how else to say it than like just take a moment and and try and see the future and sure enough, I mean, I suppose it's possible that Amon Ra was a Fulgham style player, you know, like, you know, or, right? or Claypool style player. <laughs> right, right. It's possible. Yeah. But I was like, you know what, if we're catching some ascension here, I don't want to sell on the upswing. I'd rather sell, you know, on the hotness. I don't think we're all the way there. We didn't see like, if not that you should always do this, but if I extrapolate his season, he would have been fucking dope. Let's see if this yeah. continues. And sure enough, right. in the offseason, he starts to go up and Claypool starts to come down and they they did converge and Amon Ra was ahead of him and most rankings and but barely. And then and then of course time told. And now this motherfucker's, you know, right? One's a top five. Did you keep him? A, did you stay yeah. did you stay chased? Stayed strong the whole way. Uh, all right. I there you go. Amon Ra never never took the never took the deal at any point. 
but you get the you get the idea. It's like sure, just because absolutely. it's fair. He made the motherfucking deal fair. He he added profit. He was losing, you know, quote unquote. You know who I would ask before anybody else if I'm making off well on a one for one deal like that, even mm-hmm. if a second was thrown in, I would ask JJ Zacharyson <laughs> over anybody else. So no, of course I'm not going to do that deal with you. You'd be the person that I'd ask, and you obviously like the other side enough to like start throwing on top seconds. So yes. like, there's your answer. No, I'm not trade with you. No, <laughs> yes. no, a way that you can get around that a way that he can get around that if he focused a little bit more on our side of the game the psychological you know the 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 field that we play on is not an nfl field it doesn't have turf we're never going to tear an acl the field that we play on is our 12 league mates and that's it and like that's the field that we play on and if that's your if if you're if the smartest guy in your league is trying to do something you better be going to do that same thing in other leagues right I did do that. I mean, I didn't get so, it successfully, but I was like, dude, that is brilliant. I'm going to go try that I'm gonna, everywhere else. Exactly, exactly. Now, what he could have done if he if he played more of the psychological game is he could have hidden that, right? He could have, because two years ago, Chase Claypool was going in like the sixth round of startups. Yep. And Amon Ra was a rookie and he was going in like the 11th, 12th round of startups. Bingo. And, that's just, and so like if somebody offers you a second for you to give up your 12th round startup pick to move up to the sixth, of course, you're going to be like, Smash. red flags. Why are you doing this, right. you mother? Um, but what he could have done is you, if you do a cross-positional trade and you do like two running backs alongside those two wide receivers, then they can just think, um, I'm, you know, he, he could have had you thinking, wow, I'm going to get to move uh, up from this running back to this running back, and all I have to do is trade down from – Chase Claypool to Amon Ross St. Brown. Right. Now, all of a sudden, it's not a giant red flag about wide receiver for wide receiver from this brilliant, brilliant uh, player yeah. player analyzer. Now, you, you think that you're like, oh, well, I'm going to lose this part of the deal, but I'm going to win this part of the deal, when really you're losing both parts of the deal. Bingo. And you don't know that if you can hide it. So he didn't do a very good job at, at that. Yes. But you got to you. You say it saved your butt. Yes, uh, always. Uh, you, well, you 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 are preaching one of my other favorite tactics, which is to make the trades complicated. Which is, you know, and I I have it. Uh, actually, I'm in a layered. League. We'll call it layered. Yeah, I'm in a league with Jacob uh, Sanderson. He's sending me a really uh, smart offer that I will effectively decline. But he's sending me an offer for Justin Jefferson, where he's stacking a bunch of things on the one side. You know, it's like it's it's just. You know what I mean? There's like Marquise Brown, DK Metcalf, some other things. It's a really, really fair trade. The value is on his side. In other words, he's giving me more. You put in the trade analyzer, I should take it. Mm-hmm. But that's not how the game is played. It is a managed league. It's not a best ball league. And, you know, I'm not panicking on Justin Jefferson. People are coming after him. Again, if I'm going to sell him, I'd probably sell him for mega draft cap. But I even said, you know, he's tanking. I said, yeah. Pony up that 24 first and you've got yourself a conversation, you know, right? Again, of course, he's not, you know, but he's brilliant and he's smart and Mm -hmm. he's making me feel like that's a win because it technically is. But he's the real winner there because he ends up with Justin Jefferson in the deal. And so that's how you win these things. You got to overpay sometimes for those really, truly elite assets if it's the top three or four quarterbacks in a super flex league or, you know, the the, the God tier, as you put it, the, the chase um chase jefferson tier that's basically your god tier in, you know in in the in the in the league right now and, and where to get prices those, don't fluctuate yeah. right yeah prices do not fluctuate uh according to situation with some players yeah and, and, and also even, in there. even even the 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 value you get you really have to think about am i any better in a year from now with the with what i get versus what i'm giving up 
you know, because in three years, Justin Jefferson is going to be 26. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's going to be fucking Prime. awesome again. Yeah. Like when yeah. is this clock run out? Like it, it, very likely never. So, you know, all the other pieces I'm getting are just going to sort of, you know, I could get them in some other way. I could just trade a second, two seconds to get one of them. And, you know, I, I don't need to utilize Justin Jefferson to get that. Mm-hmm. If I'm going to utilize Justin Jefferson, maybe I'd do it for, you know, Olave Mahomes and I give up Jefferson and something else. You know what I mean? Like I get, I get another chess piece. I make the big play with it. Je- I have, like Jefferson and Jordan Love. And you're like, well, you, yeah, you get, uh, right. you get Jordan Love and you, you know, you just, yes. yeah, the cross positional trickery where you kind of win both. That's right. Yeah, that's right. You, you want to, if you lose the value, but win the, win the prize, that's exactly right. Oh my God. This is a, this is a fun ass podcast. A little bit different than we normally do. I mean, just me and you fucking riffing. I love it. Yeah. You yeah, having a good too. time, brother? Me too. I'm having a great time. All I want to do is talk strategy. If I could talk strategy all day, hate making content, love doing this. So I guess that's I content. Know. Huh? I know. And and uh, and that's what's fun about it because I, I like thinking strategy and sometimes it's tough to to talk it with someone who doesn't, you know, live it. And when you live mm-hmm. it, you're like, no, no, dude, here's another way that I like to take advantage. We will get to all that and more right after this. Now, a lot of people might think with all this like geeky talk that Matt is like a nerd. But the cool thing is he's not. He's more like me. He's an asshole, which I like. He just happens to be a little bit like me, an asshole with a brain. And let me ask you, are there any more strategies that you might have that are, you know, exploitable that probably people don't think about, but a really, um, you know, nefarious motherfucker like you does think about? Any, any, any pop to mind, my friend, you know, I might be an asshole, but I'm kind. You are a wonderful you know, human. One thing that I learned about bar, you know, bartending in New Orleans is you can say whatever you want to somebody, as long as you keep their friends laughing. And it's kind of like that, keeping your relationships up with it. You know, that's what we're supposed to do in fantasy football. We're supposed to make each other mad and, yes. you know, laugh at the same time at each other. Yeah, um, that's actually true. As long as you say it with a smile, man, I I'm in sales and I say some very funny ass shit. But if I said it a certain kind of way, people would be like, what the fuck did you just say? But if I just keep smiling, they're like, "Right, what did you just say? And we're like, yeah, I said that. Isn't that funny? And then we just move on. And it's fun as hell. So, yeah, you can do this, that or more as a bartender. Oh, my God. That must For sure. be an absolute joy. I'm going to have to get to New Orleans and pull up a chair at your bar very soon, my friend. But anyway, Come on. tell me. Anytime. T- I know. I'm ready. I'm ready to go visit you. I'm ready. <laughs> Because every time I'm looking at the, I'm looking at your house there. I'm ready to. I see a nice spot on the couch. I'm ready to be there, baby. I'm, I'm, I'm coming. Do it, do it. I'll get you blackout. We'll get, we'll do so many trades. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that that comes back to the old one. The sleeper app needs a breathalyzer on it. You know. Yes. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> that way I can just put on my breathalyzer fucking setting on the fucking sleeper app. Make sure I can't get to that motherfucker. Anyway, go ahead. Tell me. Uh, other than the awesome idea of. First of all, Sleeper, if you're listening, I'm going to say it again. Please add the Campus to Canton fucking function and college football function on your uh, on your app so we can just do it all in one place. I'm making these damn trades. I made these trades today. Oh, my God. It's brutal. I'm in this one Campus to Canton. But what happens is the NFL side is on Sleeper and the, the college side is on fan tracks. But you, you can literally trade both of them to each other with each other. And it's too goddamn confusing. I'm DMing and I'm, I'm co-owner with Kyle on the damn league. And I said, I don't want to do this trade to Kyle. And then I tell the guy on the other day, I want to do it. And he's like, oh, okay. And he sends it all through and it all happens. And I, I had a freak out. It was pretty cool. I'm like, nope, 
cancel train. Everybody's like, what the fuck is wrong with this motherfucker? But anyway, point of the matter is once you build it, they will come. Same thing with the breathalyzer. Put that motherfucker on there. Anyway, what is your awesome move that I think uh, this one even got me really thinking because I've literally never done this and I am going to tomorrow. Uh, I, I think that tanking is a little bit over overvalued, overrated, overtalked about, over over strategized. Um, I think that the more firsts you or the more more picks in general that you have from other people through through further years make yours exponentially less important where they end up on the board. So if you end up having four firsts and four seconds, does it really matter where yours are? Like at some point, you're going to be knocking some of those other firsts down from those other players because right. you're t- overtaking it. And that's okay. And if you've got some people who aren't un- unafraid to commit to tanking, you're probably not going to beat them anyway. And if you want to constantly churn out players, you're going to end up with a lot of depth that's going to be getting a lot of points before you're able to sell them. So it's almost not worth trying after. And there's a, there's a couple examples of this, right? I bought uh, Derek Henry and sold him a week later. And there's uh, one where I bought Adam Thielen and sold him a week later, both on tanking teams. And these so, are so, these are my... So here's the thing. You bought... Derek Henry on a team that you're tanking on. You bought Adam Thielen on a team that basically has no chance of winning. And people would say, no, no, why the hell would you do that? Well, you did that so that you could. Okay, so let's talk about the the Derek Henry one, right? This guy, I because we plan ahead, I have his 24 first from a trade that we made last year. Um, He's struggling. He knows that he's struggling. He's got a bunch of players that he, I don't think are going to be worth anything in a year and he knows that so just in order to nudge him in the direction where i want him to go into a rebuild because i have his first uh i went ahead and sold him off of my very uh trying hard rebuild i and and i'm second in second worst in max points so i'm I'm aiming for the 102 as is i'm still gonna buy derrick henry from him because i want him to go from the 103 to the 101 and if I can just nudge him in that direction by doing this, I'll go ahead and do it. So I sent him Tank Dell and somebody else's late second for his Derrick Henry just to nudge him in that direction. It's going to be going against my goal of tanking. But the guy who's got the 101 at the time doesn't have his own first, right? So he's got no reason to want to tank in that league either. Now, my rival in this, my, my personal rival, because you got to make it fun. Uh, my personal rival has his 101. So now I want that dude's 101 out of the way. So I undersold him Derrick Henry. Well, maybe undersold him Derrick Henry because I want his 2024 first out of the way of my 2024 first. And this other guy who I'm nudging 24, uh, towards the bottom, his 2024 first. And I want my rival to get a little bit mad about it. Yes. So I went ahead and sold him uh, Derrick Henry, Gabe Davis, uh, Kenneth Gainwell, Deuce Vaughn, Chase Claypool for his 25 first and second and Leonard Fournette. It works out for everybody except for that one other guy. But <laughs> right. the, the real the real <laughs> right. trick about it, because like I don't want Derrick Henry to score a single point on my bench. It's the same way that you buy J.K. Dobbins everywhere because you bought him everywhere last year and you wait for him to start doing box jumps and putting videos on Twitter and motherfuckers start getting hyped up. And you're like, all right, well, I'm, I'm never, I don't ever want to start this dude. Get him off my bench. And you, these <laughs> players don't ever have to sit, set foot on the field for you right. for them to be worth so much when you're manipulating the league max points for at the end of the day is what you really want to do. Plan two years ahead then manipulate the field that you're playing on and you can end up with whichever first you want to if you nudge in the right direction i did that uh recently in in my other true true tank i bought adam thielen for a third because that dude uh i didn't want his points um 
I wanted that dude to get the points off of his team because I wanted his his pick, his pick my pick, be, the pick that his you pick that I have better. to rise, right? And then I went ahead and sold it um, in a package because I know that I'm not winning this year. So I, I sold it to somebody uh, for Thielen, Johnu Smith, who I just picked up off the waiver wire, Michael Gallup, and Jaleel McLaughlin. Like I'm not competing. I cannot oh, have those guys, guys next year. Just a, J-A-G, well, just a guy well, times won't exist four. next year yes, right. in the league at all. None of them. But uh, I ended up getting back a 25 second, 25 third, and uh, Antonio Gibson. So, But the real thing about that that people aren't seeing is that I'm just you manipulating the points. Them. That's it. I, I just want those draft positions to be getting worked on whichever way possible, and th- that's the thing that people aren't really playing. Well, when you're tanking, what else are you supposed to do besides play these all, you know, these these side games, these side <laughs> right. bets? Yes. So don't be scared to to buy anything at a value, especially if you can see how you can manipulate the league, you know, the the entire playing field because of it. Bingo. That is the best thing ever. I, I got to be honest. I understand it. I may have thought about the idea of it but i never fathomed i could do it and that's the beautiful thing about you you're you're like no no i'm that's the game i'm playing and when you start playing the game at that level boy oh boy man talk about teaching the the doctor game theory over here my goodness i love that idea um absolutely fantastic and so if you're in a tank you should be i have i've said this many times if you're in a tank you should be the most active Oh, absolutely. You're the most active because you got nothing. Points don't matter. Your lineup doesn't matter. None of that shit matters. You're like, everything is liquid. I'm just fine moving shit back and forth. Give it to me. There's so many. Take pride in the dirty job. I I, Honestly, very (laughs) quietly, my dream profession has always been to be a garbage man. I just think they're so cool. They get to ride on the back of the truck. They get to make, you know, it's it's catharsis for the entire city. You're making the entire society function better. But all you're really doing is you're being a reef shark. And everybody loves reef sharks. They keep the the economy healthy in the ocean. Like, it's fine to be the the dirt nabber. It's fine. I love it. It it does make it fun. It's an extra aspect. (laughs) I always wanted to be a garbage man. I couldn't fucking get there. I mean. Had to be a fire firefighter instead they didn't let us ride in the back of the truck so i I left you got there first day you're like so when do we go for a ride i want to hang off the side with a hat do i have to wear a shirt hold on what the fuck's going on what am i doing where's the dalmatian where's the where's the fire pole and they're like no we haven't done that in years i'm like wait a second i'm gonna go outside and get high real quick wait i can't do that what the fuck this job oh no i'm going to the garbage department y'all see y'all never That's exactly right. Garbage man versus fireman. We're, we're, we're dancing on the, on the, on the steps of a show title is all I know. Love uh, it. Oh my God. That's fucking great. I always wanted to be a garbage man. He says, Whew. Derek Henry reef shark. I'm not sure. We're, we're going to find that. We're going to find his show title in there somewhere. Um, sure. Nicely done, sir. Um, that is fantastic. Let's, let's do another one where maybe, uh, we'll, we'll end on this. Just have some fun with, uh, just analyze a trade. Tell me what you think. Um, obviously those types of trades are so next level, so brilliant that I love it, that mine's going to seem silly, but I'm going to, I'm going to share one with you. We, we, we pulled out a few different trades. This one's a, a totally different type of different type of deal, but I, I'm going to, I'm going to share the, the, the trade with you. And I'm going to tell you also, first, I'm going to tell you the trade. Then I'm going to tell you the league settings. Cause I think the way okay. to get there is sometimes you look at a trade and you go, oh, that guy won or this guy won. I traded away Pat Fryermuth and Drake London. Okay. For Mac Jones, Puka Nakua, and a 25 mm-hmm. first, uh, 25 second, excuse me, of course. Fryermuth in London, 
Mac Jones, Puka, and a 25 second. Um, Ooh, what do you, you want to break think? it? You want, you want to break it down? I honestly don't think Fryermuth is that far off of the second. If you're sending Fryermuth, I don't think that you're. I think that that's a, a, a part of a move that you can be like, oh, I'm losing out on this. But are you really? You know, yeah. you, you might you might end up with Laporta or, or Musgrave at worst. Yeah. And I'd rather him than than Fryermuth right now. So that's pretty slick. So it's basically you sold London and got Mac Jones and Pukanakua, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's it's a good trade. It just yeah. depends on what your uh, league settings are and how you how you want to maneuver. So the interesting thing is that both Mac Jones and Pat Fryermuth and the 25 second are much more valuable in this format. It's a 10 team double okay. super flex. Oh, start two tight end. Yeah, that is a huge difference. Huge <laughs> difference. Right? So it, it's not even a, a, a tight end premium, which is kind of interesting. There's no hmm. premium. So tight ends are just, you got to have them, but I don't even want to start them, but I have to type of thing. Like Sure. And you can start up to three quarterbacks too. Yes, you kind of yeah you kind of should be starting three quarterbacks. I mean, but it's a little bit of a short roster. So actually, the quarterbacks, while they're more valuable, if you have a deep enough team, you can get away with it because you might have three or four studs. You know what I mean? Okay. Because it's ten yes. ten team. You know, you could be like, dude, Mac Jones is not as good as Jalen Waddle. Fuck you. You know what I mean? Right. So that, so that ten team also makes a difference because that second whatever you're getting is not going to be up to the twenty fourth pick. It's going to be up to the twentieth pick at the latest. Right. That's right. It is a more valuable so asset. Period. Right. And then you look at uh, because of the format of tight ends and quarterbacks, uh, an extra tight end and an extra quarterback. Those guys are probably going to get bumped up as well. So you'll have at least five more of those go in the first twenty picks. Yes. So really, you're you've got you're getting a top fifteen pick with that second if yes. you don't count quarterbacks and tight ends. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Like so. The, huh. the I I I am a hoarder of seconds in this particular league because I think the general thing like the other thing too is like I have a hard time trading in like 16 team leagues because people want like seconds you know and I'm like Mm -hmm. I'll pay a second for something more likely in a in a in a league but I'm less likely to to give a sec you know what I mean because it's like the second I'm like I'm not I'm not taking that second because it's at best the 17th pick like at best it's probably 20. It could, it's just too late. Like a second yeah, what, is so late in a 16 team league, just too late. Yeah. It might be pick 32 versus yes. this other second is the latest is going to be is pick 20. Yeah, That's right. Huge, huge, difference. huge difference. So like people lose that value. They really are 12 team centric generally. So in mm-hmm. the, in the 10 team league, they've got their 12 team league brain on and they're, they're flippant with seconds. They're just hand them out. You know, they're like, yeah, just nice. a second, no big deal. And I'm like, dude, so uh, you 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 uh, you might want to wonder what those seconds sort of end up as, and I'm gonna I'm gonna share that with you here. Uh, like this, just this last year, of course. What did I tell you? I have more seconds than everybody else at picks. Um, here, hold on, at picks like 12, 13, and fourteen. Let me read you what I got. Hold on, it takes me a second. I'm old. Remember that? I don't know how technology. That's okay. Works. Just you, you get your get your beautiful young wife to put the big fonts on your phone. Oh yeah, you get there do quicker. That. Yeah. She's done that for me before. Okay, so uh, here it is. At, at 11, 12, 13, I got Kincaid, Kendra Miller, and Devon Chain. Wow. Oh, you know that that's exactly the person I was gonna think of. It's like in that in that format, that second is probably gonna be Devon A Chain. You're probably gonna get Devon A Chain wherever wherever that is. Yeah. Because everybody's getting bumped up. Yeah, it's crazy. You know, you're just like, yeah. I mean, you know, and then Marvin Mims. Yeah, it's just crazy. So yeah, you're able to get so those seconds turn into real players, you know, Laporta's and all these, all these guys. So yeah, it's, it's a, it's a pretty, it's a pretty awesome 
awesome way to, to, to go. I love by. that. I love that this trade completely changed because of the format. And yes. it, it just comes, it just goes back to the thing about uh, you just, you can't play the game as you've been taught it. You got to play the game on whatever field you land on. And you've got the same principles on every field, but every, every uh, landscape is completely different and you're, yeah. you're playing in whatever landscape you're in. Yes. So yeah. After you talk about all that, this is a great trade. Yeah. And the, the thing I learned from you today, Matt, I, I'm really glad to have you on, man. It was a lot of fun, man. But the yeah, one thing you. I learned from you is like just this whole idea of, of really maybe going to the second level. No, go past that, go to the third and fourth levels and be trading on a third and fourth level. And, you know, if you can trade at value, like you've basically taught me a lesson that if I want to, I can just trade at value, or even if I have to seed a little bit of value, it's worth it if I'm manipulating things that are in my advantage. And so right. look for those things where my, my, my advantage is going to be, um, you know, uh, affected. Like if I own someone's future first, how do I want to manipulate that team? And I can do so by making a fair trade to them, either taking points or giving them points. I love that. It's those unseen aspects that are just uh, silent taxes. And those, those other teams don't necessarily have to pay the silent taxes. And, um, you know, it, it really, I love being a volume trader. Some people play this game because they're really good at player analysis. Some people play this game because they, I like the interpersonal aspect of it where you get to talk to, you know, 60 league mates if you're in six, you know, five or six different leagues and keeping up with them and just keeping good relationships with them, keeping them happy. Um, it, it just energy begets energy and you yes. can keep doing this and everybody can win over and over and over again, but you can get these silent 5% wins every time you do a trade, uh, silent 10% wins every time you trade. And if, if people don't notice or don't care about them, then you're just quietly, you know, it's, it's alchemy. <laughs> yes, that's right. They don't know. They don't know. I'll tell you right now, right. 90 to 99%, probably closer to 99% of your league mates have never even considered what Matt just shared. I, I will tell you that for sure. Appreciate that. Cool. Yeah. Cause I don't think I've ever heard that on a, on a pod before on a dynasty pod. So I think you're, I think you brought something fresh right there, my friend. Dope. Love it. Well done, sir. On that note, we're going to say goodbye. Tell everybody what's up, where they can find you. Obviously they can find you right here with me on this pod again, cause you're coming on again, but uh, at FF mad Jester is Matt Chester. Thanks for joining me, my friend. Yeah. Anytime. Uh, come join me on Wednesdays, Tuesdays. Uh, we're on Razzball. We do weekly shows. Uh, and I love being at the undroppables. Anytime you guys want to stick me somewhere, go ahead, buddy. Yeah, absolutely, brother. Well, I, I won't, uh, I'll, I'll stick you on the back of a fire truck or a garbage truck and you're going to be happy as a clam. Just get that kid a drink. Just get him a drink. Yes, sir. All right. Thank you. Cheers, bud. On behalf of everybody here at the undroppables, on behalf of everybody here at the undrafted, on behalf of LaMichael Pirine Duncan the greatest podcast producer in all the land. You have been joined by the mad Jester, Matt Chester. I am Jax Falcone, and we are out. Bye.